Why, why do we do this? Why do we sometimes say, well, I'm not going to function as part of a team, even when God has made us to work together as part of a body? Isn't it because it is sometimes hard to work together with people? Isn't it because it is sometimes hard to carry out the work and ministry that God has given us to do as a body of believers? Isn't it because sometimes mission work is hard? Isn't it because the body has sinners, including us? And you and I might too be tempted to think on those same lines and begin to think, well, well, maybe I don't need, or my role's not so important, I don't need to step up and be part of the body. But God's design for us is something far greater. Whatever the part or role you might have, God says is important. God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. The following is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. Reaching out with rock solid hope in Rin Country, January 27th, 2019. 1 Corinthians 12, Selected Verses. Ravens are really quite interesting and intelligent birds. If you ever hear about all the things that they do, how they can actually produce more vocal sounds than many parrots can when trained in captivity. And out in the wild, imitate the sound of other animals like wolves and coyotes in order that they can communicate and use their voice. And ravens will recognize other birds even years after the fact that have been kind to them and return the favor. See, ravens know what it is to stick together and to work together as a team. When ravens mate, they don't just leave each other after the first night together. They don't even leave after the birds have flown the nest. They mate for, apparently, a mate for life. They know what it means to stick together. And ravens live for up to 20 years in the wild and up to over 40 years in captivity. It's a lot of sticking together. And when they make a nest, it's not just the, the female bird that's in charge, but they work together to make their nest and work together as a team throughout their life. And ravens, when they roost during the winter, roost together. One sounds the warning when there's danger. They even work together with other animals. In order that they can have a certain fresh carcass that they encounter, they make the sound, apparently, of a wolf, so that the call of a wolf brings other wolves around to tear the carcass for them and to give them also some food. Quite amazing. They, they understand faithfulness, teamwork, and working together. They even work with humans. See, ravens understand that if you put acorns or other nuts in front of a parked car, it will crack open the nut for them. Okay, so maybe having a bunch of broken shells of nuts in your driveway isn't so helpful to us, but you get my point. They're pretty smart birds, and they know what it is to work as a team. And maybe after hearing all those things, you start to think, maybe they even understand what it means to stick together and to work as a team better than humans sometimes do. Working together, seeing your part in how you work with others can be a challenge, even for God's people. This morning, we continue our sermon series on 
what does it mean to be spiritual? As we look at the latter portion of Paul's letter to the Corinthians. And this morning we consider how to be spiritual means you are an integral part of a team. Teamwork was something that the Corinthians evidently struggled with. Even though being united in faith and who they were, they weren't always functioning as they ought. And so Paul writes to them this letter in chapter 12 and reminds them of what it is to be part of a team. First of all, he helps them to see how they were brought to be on the same team. Each and every one of them, he says, is part of a various unit of a body. They're very different in ancient Corinth. He says that some are Greeks, some are Jews, some are slaves, some are free. Various backgrounds, various walks of life. And yet, as diverse as that congregation was in ancient Corinth, they were all one as a body. So it is with the Christian church today. There are various backgrounds and various walks of life, and yet we are all one as part of the body of Christ. And what made the Corinthian Christians one? Well, what makes the various parts of a body body belong as one? They're just born that way. So it is with Christ. Paul points to them to their rebirth, their spiritual birth and their baptism. And he says, for all, all of us, we were all baptized by one spirit into one body. Through the working of the Holy Spirit, they were made one. The Corinthian Christians were brought into that body by their rebirth and the gift of faith given through the Holy Spirit. And so it is with every believer. It's not dependent on who does the baptizing, whether male, female, pastor, or anybody. It's a baptism, it says, by the Spirit. And the Spirit, when he gives spiritual rebirth and baptism, he makes you one, part of the body of believers. Now I think with <clears throat> all that, that the Corinthians had in common, they would begin to work together and recognize they're on the same team. And yes, as we spoke of last week, the first half of Paul's letter deals with sinful divisions. Sinful living, false teaching had divided the body. That was necessary. Just as a body has to fight off infection and in order to remain strong, deal with the cancer that attacks it. But the division that Paul writes about in the latter portion of his letter is a foolish, needless division. It is when some of the parts of the body decide <clears throat> that being part of the body was merely optional. And they ceased to function as parts of the body. Some of the believers evidently were saying, I'm not needed. Or it's, it's not really important for me to use my gifts or to serve in the way that I'm supposed to serve. But the Apostle Paul reminded them, If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. The Christian who decides, sadly, that they're no longer belonging to a body of believers and decides they don't need to gather with God's people or to be functioning as part of that body is about as foolish as part of our body, the, the foot, for example, or the hand saying, I don't need oxygen from the lungs. I don't need the blood to pump 
from my heart to my feet or hands. Being cut off from the body causes the body to suffer and causes that part itself to suffer with it. Sadly, many Christians act or live as if they don't need to be part of a body. Some separate themselves from the body and they begin to say things like, well, I don't need to gather for regular worship or for Bible study. I can do that on my own. But when this happens, they fall into the same trap and lie that the Corinthian Christians were in ceasing to serve as part of the body. And you and I might too be tempted to think on those same lines and begin to think, well, well, maybe I don't need, or my role's not so important, I don't need to step up and be part of the body. But each part, whatever the part or role you might have, God says is important. God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, Paul says, just as he wanted them to be. Each part serves the body. Each part functions and needs to function with the body. After all, if someone would cease to function in a, a body of believers, where is the encouraging? And if someone decides that they're not going to support or work together with those around them, where is the building up? And if our congregation would cease to function as part of the larger body that we belong to and work together with, with our church body, who would be giving a gift to support the ministry and training of pastors and teachers? Who would be supporting the spread of the gospel along with others? Would there be one less part of that body giving gifts to things such as the mission work being done with a seminary starting in Vietnam? One less congregation, one less part of the body giving gifts to serve so that the gospel could be proclaimed with teachers in places like Hong Kong, India, and all over the world as part of the larger picture and the body of believers that we work together with. You see, God intends that each one of us function as part of his body. And the enemy, the devil, desires that each part of the body separate from its function, cease to work as part of the body and see itself as merely and selfishly an individual. See, the devil knows that if he can cause us to cease to function together, that we will soon die and soon wither away. There'll be no spread of the gospel. There'll be no encouragement. So why, why do we do this? Why do we sometimes say, well, I'm not going to function as part of a team? even when God has made us to work together as part of a body? Isn't it because it is sometimes hard to work together with people? Isn't it because it is sometimes hard to carry out the work and ministry that God has given us to do as a body of believers? Isn't it because sometimes mission work is hard? Isn't it because the body has sinners, including us, See, sometimes because of selfishness or laziness or refusal to see the importance of one's role, the body can end up as a mess, no longer functioning. But God's design for us is something far greater. He has given, in fact, arranged the parts of the body, each one just as he wanted them to be. 
See, God has a marvelous, amazing plan for the parts which are his body. He made us all one. To carry out that plan to make us part of his body, God came to this world and walked among us. And so that we might become part of the body of believers, the church, God himself came and said, yeah, you can, you can have my hands and you can pierce my feet and you can take this body so that these, my brothers and sisters, might be joined together as one and that their guilt and sin and selfishness might be forever taken away and removed from them and they might be one. God did an amazing thing when he brought us into his body by giving of himself. And God did the impossible as he not only brought us to peace with each other, to work together with one another, but at peace with our God. We are the body and he is the head. And Christ, our living head, bodily rose from the grave and now as the head of his church directs each and every one of us as a, a member, a part of his body to carry out this work of bringing baptism and the gospel to this world, to bring others to the body of Christ and to know this joy that we now have in peace with each other, in peace with our God and to work together with each other to carry out the work that he's given us to do. You know, I've learned more from ravens than just seeing how they cooperate. But there's one other thing. Uh, when I was really young, my family took us to a cemetery. And as they were attending to the grave, they allowed me as a small child to wander around. And I saw this raven that was hobbling around. So I decided to follow it, intrigued on why it didn't fly. Apparently this older raven was suffering and wasn't able to take to flight, but had to meander along the ground. Eventually, it allowed me to sit next to it. But as I did, another raven was there, and it started calling out. And pretty soon, dozens of ravens were around in the trees and in the tombstones, standing around calling out. It's as if hundreds of voices around me were now saying, hey, hey, you better leave him alone. You see, it's what Paul says, when one part suffers, every part suffers with it. They showed concern for that old bird because they needed to. They were together in it. Paul says that is the way it is with the body of Christ. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. Imagine how sad it would be if, as a body of believers, if, if one of us was grieving, one of us was suffering in some way, but the body showed no concern, stopped gathering together, didn't speak words of encouragement. But as the body of believers, God gives us opportunity to together, to show concern for one another and to together function as a body. And in times of trouble, though we may not do this perfectly, being part of the body of Christ, in times of trouble, there's no better place to be and there's more. Paul says, if one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Being part of the body of Christ means that if there's some blessing in your life, you get to not only praise God for it, but to join with God's people in thanking your God for what he's worked in your life. In times of rejoicing, 
There's no better thing you can do than to join together with God's people as part of the body. And sometimes this service in God's body is something insignificant on the surface. Or sometimes it doesn't receive as much recognition as other parts of the body. We didn't read that section, but that's included as well. Every part is valuable. I learned this last night, just for giving you two examples. We had a group of just three musicians that came to our congregation. And as they came, it was just three people, but they were able to build up those that were there with their music. And they travel throughout the body of believers that we are in our synod to build each other up. And also that night, as I was getting ready to leave, I had brought five children with me. I noted that the band was getting everything taken down and ready to pack up to their next trip. They were headed to Open Bible Church on the Apache Reservation. Now I had come a couple hours early to open the doors for them, and my children were patient enough up to that point. But as they began to pack up, I began to realize the littlest was getting tired and hungry. You could tell since he was saying, Daddy, I'm hungry. Daddy, when can we go home? And of course, I had to stay to make sure the building was locked up because they were going to leave after they had finished packing everything up. But then I noticed someone was there, just someone who's often in the background serving, getting things set up for the sacrament and making sure the flowers look nice. I won't mention her name because she knows many others serve like this and they do it behind the scenes because they want to and they are part of the body. But I can tell you, I, I was more grateful than she probably realized when she was someone there with a key and able to stick around and lock up the doors afterwards. Just one small thing. One small example of how each member of the body serves as each part does its work. Whatever role God has given you to use your gifts, as we looked at last week, he has you as part of the body of Christ. As we serve one another as this body, we realize God has brought us into his body. What does it mean to be spiritual? It means to function as part of the body of Christ. And you, each one of you, are part of that body. Amen.